재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 On the pedestal, who are we putting up? The name is Billy Graham. Now, thousands of people from all walks of life, including former President George W. Bush with his wife, Laura, filed slowly uh, past the casket of Reverend Billy Graham on Monday to pay their final respects to a man who touched the lives of millions and millions of people. His funeral is officially on Friday, and even President Donald Trump said he will attend, and invitations were sent to all ex-presidents of the U.S. And uh, George W. Bush said he chose Monday because he had some scheduling conflicts with the funeral, and he also brought condolences from his father, George H.W. Bush, whom he described as a great friend of Graham's. Now, Billy Graham passed away due to natural causes at the age of 99 on February 21st, 2018, last Wednesday. So to commemorate who he is and what he stood for, let's take a look at his beginning to end. And where right. where do you even, I mean, how do you start? Uh, how do you go by uh, just uh, summarizing his life? Right, right. There's so much that he But did. But I, I suppose starting at the beginning, at least, I would be quite interested to know what Billy Graham was right? in the beginning. Before. Before. Absolutely. William Franklin Graham Jr. was his name, born November 7, 1918, in Charlotte, North Carolina, to parents William and Morrow Graham. Now, Billy Graham was the first of four children. He was the Changnam, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. raised on the family's dairy farm in Charlotte. And they actually, the family instilled quite a strong worth ethic in their children. Now, our wake-up time is quite early, mm-hmm. and it does take a toll on our health at times, our physical health, but also our mental health. Mm-hmm. We just get frustrated at everything. Imagine trying to wake up at 3.30 a.m., but at least we do have the weekends to kind of sleep through after the show. But mm-hmm. for this guy and his family, often their Big Ben alarm clock woke them up at 2.30 no. a.m. No, no. Yes, 2.30, that's the middle of the night. And he lives to be 99? Yeah. This is not good for the <laughs> right. for the sleep studies. Now, the, basically what they did is they worked the farm. Now, Billy's job was to milk 20 cows every morning and afternoon, as well as shovel the manure and refill uh, the feed troughs with fresh hay from the barn. So, flash forward as a teen. Now, he attended his first... Dr. Mordecai Fowler Ham, evangelist, uh, evangelist, how do you say this? Evangelistic. Evangelistic <laughs> meeting for interesting reasons. Now, basically, he went there first to expect to see a good fight. As some of the students, they had, there was a rumor go around that local high school uh, kind of threatened to disrupt the meeting and maybe even physically harm Dr. Ham. But hmm. fortunately enough, he uh, nothing happened for Dr. Ham. No fight ensued that night. Uh, but Billy said that he came to understand his need for a personal relationship with Jesus at one of his meetings. So near his 16th birthday, 1934, he went forward uh, at a Dr. Ham meeting, committed his life to Christianity. And after his conversion, Billy Graham wanted to go to church as much as possible and immediately even began to sing hymns while milking cows as well. Again, at the time of 2.30 a.m. My wow. goodness, that is dedication. Now, while a student, uh, he was first asked to preach as a last-minute request by Dr. John Minder. Now, this is the time he is in university. Uh, he was the dean of men at Florida Bible Institute, the Dr. John Minder, and he only knew 
just around four borrowed sermons at the time, mm-hmm. which he preached in eight minutes before returning to his seat. But after that experience, he said he had a feeling uh, that he was called by God to preach the gospel. So after that, he graduated from the uh, Florida Bible Institute with a bachelor's in theology, moved to Illinois, enrolled in uh, Wheaton College for further spiritual training. And there he met his future wife, Ruth McHugh Bell, Uh, was daughter of a missionary and actually lived with her family in China until she was 17 years old. But after graduating with a bachelor's in anthropology, her and uh, Graham were married on August 13, 1943. And then again, he started gaining momentum as he would travel around and preach. And it didn't take long for people to identify with Billy Graham's charismatic and heartfelt gospel sermons. I think the timing had to do uh, with it a lot as well. So This time was 1949, a group called Christ for Greater Los Angeles invited Graham to preach at their L.A. revival. And this is when radio personality Stuart Hamlin had uh, Billy Graham on his radio show and the word of revival kind of spread out. So this is where he gained momentum, where he was on radio. He was a a televised pastor as well. Hmm. So you see him broadcasted all over the country and all over the world. So he became this Christian superstar, as people would say. And sociologically, it's believed that his success was directly related to, again, the cultural climate of post World War II America. It was a timing of things where he spoke out against the evils of communism, one of the biggest fears threatening the American consciousness. So in a 1954 interview, Graham said, uh, either communism must die or Christianity must die because it is actually a battle between Christ and Antichrist. So with the advent of nuclear weapons and the demonstrated fragility of life, People turned to spirituality for comfort and the religion of Christianity. And also, Billy Graham was the person who eliminated their path. Illuminated. Yeah. He didn't eliminate it for them. Excuse me, illuminated. (laughs) Uh, In 1950, he was 31 years old when he first met Harry Truman to talk about combating communism Mm -hmm. in North Korea. And yet, the leader uh, at the time, this was uh, back in... Fast forward to 1994, I believe. Uh, leader at the time was Kim Il-sung quickly took a liking to Billy Graham, which is quite interesting because he was a person who was against communism. However, uh, worked he worked together to demonstrate, or I guess he went to visit for the first time in North Korea to demonstrate he was there as a neutral non-political actor, not an agent of the U.S. government, but just a person, maybe just wanted to talk some things out, maybe talk some sense into him, which is why he is quite popular in North, in South Korea, excuse me, as well. On June 3rd, 1973, he preached to more than 3 million people in his crusade in Yoido Island. I'm pretty sure many people can remember that. Now, as I said before, there are a lot of people who don't really like him, call him mm-hmm. a hypocrite, mm-hmm. as any person in the limelight may have. However, uh, you know, through his long and extraordinary career, ultimately, you can say that he's overwhelmingly been regarded in a positive light. And one uh, Times reporter called him the Pope of Protestant America. And another reporter from USA Today wrote that uh, he was an evangelist who did not rip off millions of people like 
Jim ba- uh, ba- Baker or, or run with prostitutes like Jimmy Swagger or build a mega church like Joel Osteen, run for president like Pat Robertson or run a Christian political lobby like Jerry mm-hmm. Falwell. So, mm-hmm. I mean, overall, this guy seemed like a stand-up guy who didn't take his fame for granted. Right. Amazing, uh, amazing man. Again, his funeral will be held in Friday. May he rest in peace. Here is Guy Sebastian. Just as I am.